0: Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, good morning. How are we? We good? Thank you guys for being here today, man. It's been a, a great day uh, thus far. I thought uh, since y'all were the ones that got to experience my wife walking on stage late, should we keep her or get rid of her? What do you think? It's up to y'all. We're going to vote. Okay, we'll keep her. Okay, uh, man. Man, thank you guys for being here today. If you don't know me, my name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor here. And again, just glad you're here. You picked a good day, man. It's Baptism Sunday right here at Newcastle, which is outstanding. And so, uh, man, so what we do, we baptize uh, people outside in that pool right outside after every experience. And so we've done a few after every experience, so I believe there's some after this experience too. And so I want to encourage you uh, from here, uh, when we dismiss, we'll walk out, man, people just gather around, man. We get to experience, get to watch, uh, kind of an outward expression. What's already happened, man? These people have already surrendered their life to Christ. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was years ago. But they're just being obedient to God and and being baptized. And so, man, they come out of the water. We go crazy. We celebrate what God has already done in their life. And so let me tell you this. Uh, if some reason you showed up and thought, man, I, I forgot. Uh, listen, d- don't let that stop you. We have everything. We literally, we have brand new shorts. We have shirts. We have towels. We have everything. I, never in any way would I ever want to manipulate you into doing something, but I do want to push you to be obedient to God. So if that's what he's called you to do, if you've been saved, uh, you've said yes to Jesus and you haven't been baptized, man, that is the next step. And so really when we get done, when it's altered song and we invite people to pray, man, follow me. Let's just roll out. I'll go change and we'll come back and Get you squared away after this. I'm going to tell you a quick little story about that baptism pool. And so uh, it's, it's like, a, it reminds me, you ever have a waterbed growing up? Anybody have a waterbed? So it, it reminds me of that. So I, I put that thing together uh, the day before, always. So it's, it's really easy. Like if you saw the pieces, you're like, that's a pool. Like it's just weird how it goes together. But so I always do that. And well, really all year, but uh, we definitely have a, it's, it's just tap water. So we have a heater that runs and heats it 24 hours. Usually there's plenty of time to, to run through this little kind of heater. And uh, man, I, I got here uh, this morning, like I always do at 530 and uh, went over and stuck my hand in the water. I so, said, well, that's colder than it ought to be. What's going on here? And so uh, I looked down and the heater's unplugged. And so it, it don't just fall out. It's not possible. Like it's not possible. Like it. it somebody pulled this out. And so, listen. I ain't always wanted to be a pastor. Like I want to be a detective too. And so I'm like, oh, I'm on this. Who did this? Something is a neighbor, another church. Like who did this? Who's coming to get us, man? And so that's fine. We got cameras everywhere. And so I said, I spent the next twenty five minutes looking uh, at the camera footage. No kidding. So I'm scrolling back. And I can see there's a light perfectly. There's a camera perfectly. It just happens to be where that plug is. And I see it plugged in, see it plugged in. Oh, I see it out, I see it out. And I'm like, when did it get unplugged? And I'm, and I'm scrolling back. I literally spend 25 minutes doing this this morning. Because let me tell you, I'm going to be honest. Your pastor went dark, man. I thought to myself, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put it on social media. We're doing baptism again. We're going to camp out, paintball guns. Come do it again. Do it. We will baptize you, maybe drown you in this pool if you come and do it again. And so, man, I'm watching it, man. And I can't see it. I get to daylight And I thought, you kidding me? This joke, we did this in broad daylight. I thought it was in the middle of the night. Someone just funny, broad daylight. I still don't see anything. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And so I I scroll way forward. I'm like, it's plugged in there, daylight. Not plugged in here, not daylight. Well, turns out. So when you, when I filled the tank, there's like a hundred foot hose. And so we fill it over here. And I don't want y'all to see that ugly hose out there. And then we got to drain it later. And so I pull that hose around. And so I was watching the video. I said, oh, there there I am. I'm on the video. And so I'm watching myself pull the hose. (laughs) the hose grabbed the extension cord and pulled it out, man. (laughs) So we ain't gonna get nobody today, man. So I went from like, I will cut you to I'm the dumbest human in the world. So uh, uh, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, listen, they know how have heater in the Bible. We're gonna do this today. We're gonna do it regardless. And so it's honestly not that bad at all. But that's baptism today. Uh, I wanna make sure you guys also know next Sunday night, man, it's awesome. It's gonna be a big family night at 5.30, just like last time. it we'll block off the street, man. We're actually, it's gonna be sick, man. We got this kind of four-sided rock wall with these bouncy things. Y'all can do some flips on it. Like kids would be great. And so inflatables, Here's what we're doing that I'm most excited about, though. So I grew up in a real small church, man, where you had a fish fry potluck all the time. I know we don't do those things anymore, but we are having a chili cook-off next week, and I'm fired up about that. And so I want to encourage you. You think you got what it takes? Man, bring it. Bring your chili here in a crock pot. Don't bring no spoonful. You got to feed some people. Bring a crock pot full of chili, and we will judge that. We're also having a pie contest. Some of y'all know how to bake. Bring your pie and we'll put it to the test next week. But it's gonna be fun, a ton of fun. Starts at 5.30 next week. Make sure you don't miss it after after church. And today's the last day of uh, this month of best kids day ever. You can see there's cotton candy out there, huge inflatable out there. Hang out, grilled chicken sandwiches, they're fabulous. Stick around and eat lunch with us. Would love to have you stick around. Well, what I'm really most excited about, I've been wanting to tell you for the last four days. It almost slipped up a few times on social media, but I want you
0: guys to check this out. This is huge, huge announcement. Check us out. What's up, Victory Family Church? Man, I have huge, huge, huge news uh, for for our our church. Uh, Just last week, uh, there's an awesome church in Shawnee, Oklahoma, that we've been talking to for months and months and months, and they just voted uh, last Sunday, actually, and 100%, 100% of the people voted that they would become the Victory Family Church Shawnee. And so we're so excited to add our fourth location, and this building is amazing. Uh, about 14,000 square feet, an auditorium that seats between 350 and 400 people, Uh, an awesome spot there in in Shawnee, and Shawnee's a town of about 30,000 people, and here's why we're going, because there's a lot of people there that are broken, that are hurting, that are lost, and desperately need Jesus, and so I just want to thank you, whether you're in uh, Norman, you're on uh, Newcastle. You're in Chickasha. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your uh, generosity. Because of you, uh, we're able to continue going into new communities. And I know God is going to blow this thing up. It's going uh, to be incredible. And more lives are going to be changed and touched. Love you so much. Grateful for you, man. Let's celebrate BFC Shawnee. Come on. How incredible is that? Man, so excited, so
1: incredible. And I want to make sure you get a heart to understand that, man. You're a part of that. And so every time you give here, man, like if we decided we're shutting giving down altogether, like we can't continue to do the things we think God has called us to do. And so I'm unbelievably excited. If you know anybody in Shawnee, man, let them know. If you know, you have family members there, man, notify them. It's going to be incredible. More details will come uh, following pretty quickly. Let's get into it. We are finishing up a series today called Design. We're really, we've been talking about how God has uniquely designed each and every one of us with certain giftings, certain things, ultimately, that we may glorify him. That's why he gifted you and designed you in the way you are. Now, Now, I do think all of us, we get some kind of common grace that I would say from some things that God gave us. So I enjoy some things that God gave me, but never miss it. Ultimately, you got what you got to glorify him. That's why you... Have it. And so week one, we talked about we are designed to be in relationship with one another. From the very beginning, we serve a triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So unity has been there since the very beginning. And so our intention is that we would have unity with other believers in Christ. You know as well as I do, and especially those of you who live in this community, it's a tough week. It was a tough week in this street. I can't imagine some of the difficult times, some of the dark stuff that we would have to walk through if you're all by yourself. Well, the truth is God never intended for you to be alone, but to be in relationship with other believers in Christ. Christ. And the next week we talked about how we are all designed to worship. That's why you were created, to worship the living God. The problem is even grateful, good believers in Jesus. Man, sometimes we get the creator mixed up with the creation. And we begin worshiping some things he created. We just got to make sure we get our object back of worship is Jesus. He is our object of our worship. And then last week we talked about if you're a believer, uh, if if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, you have no choice. You are salt and light. He has called you to be salt and light in a dark, dark world. And so, so far we know that we are created to be in relationship with one another. We're created to worship the living God. And we are also called and created designed to tell other people about Jesus. And so today I want to talk about those, all of us share those I do believe that each and every one of us has been giving a unique purpose that each one of us has. And I think that's why the church as a whole, you can look around, the church is so incredibly important. Like we all have a unique purpose. So in this situation, you're a worshiper, I'm a worshiper, but I think I've got some unique purposes that God gave me. He did not give you. I think you've got some purpose that God gave you that maybe he didn't give me. The cool thing is the gorgeous thing is all of those come together and we work as the church that the kingdom may come here on Earth. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Let's go to work here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a lot of text this morning, uh, but I want to make sure you get it. I, I believe this text maybe can can wake us up, man, if you're struggling at all and, and why, what's my purpose, man? I think it's going to come alive for you today. First Corinthians chapter 12 says it like this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves are free and we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, but I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make him not any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make him any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. That should be good news to you. He chose to do what he's doing. If we're all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Verse 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor can the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with great modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. But the members have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, well, then all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, Then prophets, then teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering in various kinds of tongues. Now, are all apostles? The answer is no there. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent Wait, so that's a lot, right? That's a lot of stuff going on there. So I see that. I see that you're talking about the body. I hope you translated that. We're talking about the physical body as an illustration of the church. And so how is it? Where do I fit in? Like what part of that is me? Am I a foot? Am my hand? Like what part do I fit in? Like what gifts do I have? Like what do I get to bring to the table, the church as whole well? How's God going to use me? And how do I know? How do I know what my purpose is? I read an article this week that said 75, the New York Times, 75% of American adults say they do not have a clear sense of purpose about what makes their life meaningful. Three quarters of American adults would say, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know what makes my life meaningful meaningful. So what makes us think we're any different church folk? Why why would the stat be any different? Let me give you a few reasons. I think first of all, the Bible, we have the luxury of the scripture. The Bible teaches us first that we're to listen to his voice, that you and I have the ability to listen to the Lord's voice. So John 10, 27 says, my sheep, that's us, hear my voice and I know them and and, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's good news, church. Romans eight fourteen says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So listen to me, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. The Holy Spirit is constantly speaking, but we live in this constant world of noise and millions and millions of voices. We have to learn to differentiate between the world's voice and all the people's voice and his voice. I, th- I think it was about this time last year that the Lord showed me all of the knuckleheads that that reign on social media. There's voices everywhere. And there's voices that are everywhere that are professional in every single thing of that imaginable even in your life. They know more about your life than anyone. Have you ever, have you ever talked to someone like, and don't point anybody out, but because they may be next to you, but like you you couldn't ever get a word in, like you want to have a conversation, but like, and you just can't get in there. Like you can never get in there. They just keep talking over and over. Here's my fear. I think we do that with God. I think we all want to hear the voice of God, but I don't know that we ever stop talking to hear him actually speak. I mean, Grant, when he came on, I think he was gonna come on the school, not staff, but when he came to our school and we were interviewing Grant, our youth pastor, who's just a godsend, him and his wife. If you have teenagers and, and uh, they're not youth ministry here, I'm not mad at you. I just think you're crazy. I mean, I really do. I mean, they're just incredible humans. Uh, just, oh, just incredible humans to, to be here and the luxury we have. But I remember when he came in and, and Grant tells this story. I don't remember this very well, but he says that when I talked to him and interviewed him, that my advice to him was going forward, just don't talk a lot. Just listen. You don't know what you're doing. Just listen to people. I think that's pretty good advice. I hope I said it nicer than that, but I think it's good advice, right? And so like, so if people are surrounded around you that know, you listen, right? You listen, you want to learn. So if I told you, maybe your finances are in total disarray. If I said I'm sending Dave Ramsey over, you'd probably listen, right? You probably trying to teach him mathematics. Like you'd probably listen to what he has to say. If you want to learn how to bake cinnamon rolls, if I send Kim Rivers over, her cinnamon rolls in the coffee shop today, probably don't talk. Just listen. Just let her tell you how to make these cinnamon rolls. If, if, if you want to learn football, and I told you I was going to send Barry, Bob, Lincoln, and Mike over there <laughs> today, you wouldn't talk. You would just listen some of you would actually. Some of you would say how great you were in eighth grade. And if you hadn't thrown out your shoulder, you'd have been playing for the university for sure. I know that. But the wise ones of us, we just sit there. We just sit there and listen. Listen to me. We have access to the God who knows all things. You have access to the God who created you. Like he's the designer of your intelligent design. Like he did that. He put you together the way he wanted to. But rarely do we listen to him. Listen, the more time we spend with Jesus, the easier it is to recognize his voice. I know it's a bit cheating because our phones tell us who's calling, but I can't remember a time ever in 16 years being married to my wife that she called. And I said, who is this? I know her voice. I spent a lot of time with her. I know her voice very, very, very well. well. I think the same is true. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you recognize his voice. How do I know it's God? Well, the enemy doesn't tell you to tell people about Jesus. Like if you get this feeling at your workplace that, okay, we just talked about salt and light. I need to be light in this dark area of my workplace. That's not the enemy. That's God telling you to do that. The enemy doesn't tell you to foster children. He doesn't do that. The enemy doesn't whisper in your ear, looks like your coworker's having a bad day. Maybe you should go and encourage them. The enemy will not do that. That's God. So let's talk just really briefly about how do we listen to the Lord and how the Lord speaks. So I passionately believe that the Lord speaks to us in impressions sometimes. Man, I think there's times I'm just like, man, I don't know. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I just feel like this is what God is pushing me, leading me to do. I think God still speaks to people in dreams. Now, my dreams don't make any sense. So I don't think he does that to me, but I do believe he still does that. I think he still speaks to people in dreams. And maybe a thousand other ways our God chooses to speak to people. But listen to me, those ways will never, ever ever, ever contradict, go against, or disprove the revealed word of God. So he never going to be, I feel like God's saying this. If it's not in here, he's not saying it. If it's contrary to what's in the word of God, he's not saying it. I've literally heard people tell me as a pastor, I feel like God is telling me to leave my wife. Then why? What happened? Is infidelity going on? What's going on? No, I just don't feel like we're compatible. Nope, you didn't read it. That's not what he said. I'm not saying you don't feel that way. I'm not saying my wife don't want to leave me every day. That's possible. I'm just saying that ain't God. If it's against what the word says, he never goes against his revealed word. So hear me. If you want to hear from the Lord, if you want to hear from the Lord, you need to grow in your knowledge of the word of God. If you want to hear from the, from the Lord, you've got to grow in your knowledge of the Lord. So then you'll begin to understand his character. You'll begin to understand his will. You'll understand what God is all about. Then you'll dial in. You'll dial into the character and the nature of God that he's revealed to you in his word. So when you go... And I think the Lord, I feel the Lord, I sense the Lord is leading me in this way. It's always informed, it's always filtered through the word of God. Lest one day you do buy into some ridiculous lie that God is telling you to do something that is contrary to a word. And I pray you have a brother or sister in your life that'll come to you and say, You're crazy. That's not what the Bible says. And it's not a judgmental thing. It's literally like, I want to cling to this. And this is not something that gets outdated. Like it's relevant. It's relevant. I don't got to preach an illustration for the Bible. Like it's relevant and it stands on its own you allow it to speak. It must guide. It must filter anytime I feel like something is going on. But the problem is many of us, we want an asterisk in our Bibles, right? So we we read something and we want that asterisk there that we turn back. And the asterisk, we're hoping for a picture of ourselves that says everyone except you, right? That's what it is. You're not going to find that. You're not going to find that Asterisk, the, the filter for the Lord leading me in ways must be the word of God. So we have to learn to listen to his voice. Not only that, number two, write this down, be aware of how he created you. God created you in a way that is unique. So God designed all of us, again, with different gifts. We see several of these gifts listed here in Romans. These are for believers' gifts. Listen, so it's Romans 12, says this, verse 6 having gifts that differ, they're different according to the grace given to us. So God so graciously gave you spiritual gifts. Let us use them if it's prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So how do I know what my gift is? Let's just do this just for fun. So just close your eyes just for a second. Let me give you an illustration. It's silly, but it's fun. Close your eyes. and That's gonna happen. Nothing bad's gonna happen. Just close your eyes. And imagine this. Eyes closed. Imagine this. Imagine you're sitting at the table with somebody who's eating this enormous piece of pie. It's your favorite piece of pie. You love this kind of pie. You can taste it right now. In fact, you love it. Okay? But you're watching this person take a bite of this pie and, and, and the plate that the pie is on begins getting closer to the edge of the table and they go to take a bite and the pie falls off into their lap. It's all over them. So, so what are your thoughts? You can open, you can open your eyes now. So, so what's, what's your first thought? So somebody I mean, just kind of fun. So if you said to yourself, I knew that was going to happen, maybe it's the gift of prophecy for you, right? Maybe you say, let me get a napkin for you. That's my first item. I'm going to get a napkin. Maybe you have gifts of service. And if you say, there's a better way to eat pie. Your problem is you didn't cut it four different ways. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe this, you throw your pie on yourself and you're like, it's okay. It tastes better like this. It's not a problem at all. You're an encourager. You're an encourager. You just go up and give them yours. You're like, I wasn't hungry anyway. Generosity might be your gift. You tell everybody else what to do, right? Cut them another piece, get them a napkin, get a, map, uh, a mop over here, let's clean this mess up. Maybe leadership's your deal. Or maybe you say, I'm sorry for your loss. I hate that your pants are messy. You have the gift of mercy or kindness. And as silly as that is, I just think it works out like that, actually. I, not, not necessarily pie, but I think your spiritual gifts just work themselves out in what you do. So again, I think there's nothing wrong with spiritual gifts tests. I like them. I don't think they're the end-all-be-all, all, but jump online. There's thousands of them everywhere. Like, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. Man, take some tests. I think it's super helpful. You're not going to find a spiritual gifts test word for word in the Bible. I'm not saying that, but I think they're helpful. I love personality tests. I don't know how you guys feel about those, but we as a staff take them all the time. Myers, Briggs, Enneagram, Strength Finders, Working Genius, Disc. I love all of them. Even when Julie and I talk to married couples, I think it's important to know your love language. I don't know that's gonna save your marriage, it's gonna be make you a perfect marriage in the world, but I do think those things are important. It just helps me understand who God created me to be. So I don't think I picked my personality. I don't know that I picked any of my passions. I think God gave me those. Now listen, I think they just help me understand people can go crazy with these. They can go way too far with these. Personality tests are not the gospel. They cannot change your life. Nothing like the word of God can. But I think they're helpful. I think they're helpful. I think we also need to be careful not to rate spiritual gifts because we do that too in the church. Good church folk rate spiritual gifts. And I do think why many spiritual gifts are abused in the church today. Because we think this gift is better than this one. And so we, we elevate one gift over another. Like we think that they're more valuable than other ones. And that's absolutely not true. It, it takes all of us. It takes every one of us doing what God has called each and every one of us to do. We need to be aware of how God created you. And not just your spiritual gifts, but your talent and passions. So so for me, I'll be honest, man, I, I love preaching, but I, I wish I could sing. I, I'm not a good singer. Man, listen, what's weird is, like, I was never great, but I lived worship for over 10 years. Like, I did all the time. I just can't sing anymore. I don't know what it is. Like, something gone. Like, I actually blame the songwriters, because now, like, we, we have these epic bridges where we're singing and screaming and worship. Well, that makes the verse way too low for me to sing. So it doesn't work. So I, I think it's their fault, number one. But I just came to realization, that's not what God called me to do. Like, that's not what God has for me. I believe God has, has me to teach the Bible. I love the Bible. I'm passionate about the Bible. I want to teach the Bible. Figure out what God has you gifted to do. That's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I want you to bring your Bibles to church. I believe it changes everything. It changes everything. And so find out what you're passionate about and ride in that lane. If you don't know what you're good at, listen, don't be bashful. It's not arrogant to ask somebody. I Man, what do you see my giftings are? Ask somebody you trust. Somebody you trust that's godly. So listen, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Like, where do you see me? Someone may tell you you're an encourager and you think, I am? Yeah, and they tell you every time you encourage them all the time. Some stuff just flows out naturally. I think if you have to fabricate this up and germ this up, maybe it's not really a gifting. I'm not saying I shouldn't be generous no matter what, but I think there's a gift of generosity. It's just natural for other people, maybe. My wife recently, I didn't ask her to do this, asked my children to impersonate me. I didn't think that was very nice, but they were honest, right? So they preached in the, in the kitchen I got to see some flaws that I had and some honesty that I had, right? Just know whatever you're passionate about, man, God placed that on your heart. Like, what are you passionate about? Psalms 37, four says that delight yourself in the Lord. Don't miss that part. Most believers miss that part. Delight yourself in the Lord first, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you miss the first part, you'll start, if you don't, if you forget about delighting yourself, Lord, you'll start thinking it's about a new car. It's a new house. No, this is what it means to be in step with the Lord. Once you delight yourself in him, listen, you'll begin to fall in love with the things he's in love with. You'll begin to resist things that he is not really thrilled about. Some of you are passionate about fostering. God gave you that. God gave you that. Your purpose is connected to your passion. Some of you are, are passionate about mentoring teenagers. That's not normal. It's not. It's normal if you love your own children. That's normal. That's normal. But for you to come want to work with other teenagers, God gave you that. You can't, you can't make the muster that up. God gave you that passion. Some of you are, are passionate about, about security, protecting people. God gave you that. Maybe it's woodworking. Whatever skill maybe you have, it's teaching for some of you. It's loving people. It's a prayer team. Clearly has a passion to pray with people. Look how God uses everyone's unique gifts on a Sunday and watch how this thing unfolds today. It's incredible. It's a beautiful picture of everyone bringing their gifts to the table. Now, some of you, you're hiding your gifts. I wanna encourage you next week, make sure you come to get to know, you ought to be serving the church. You ought to be serving and using those gifts. Quit being selfish with your own gifts, amen? Like we gotta serve other people. And not, only, not, not, not one gift is better than another. We have to stop that. There's not a gift that's better than all. They all make a part. Everyone's playing a part in what God is doing to bring the kingdom here on this earth. So be aware, be aware of how He created you. Number three, write this down: Embrace where He has you. Just embrace where He has you." So Proverbs three, five and six says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Discovering your purpose. If you think about purpose, it often leads to future, right? Like I want to know my purpose is. We start thinking five, 10, 15 years down the road. And I guess that's okay, but you're here now. Like I'm here now. Like I'm not gonna spend just a ton of time worrying about the future that I can't even control. And I'm not asking to be irresponsible, but I can't control what happens tomorrow. I can control today. And I want to know what God has for me today. Because I just think many times speculation about the future will drain your passion for today. If you only think about five years down the road, you will lack passion for today. If you only only think about where God's going to have you in the next three, four, five years, you're going to lack some passion for the things that God has for you today and Monday and Tuesday of this week. So I'd focus more on the now. Colossians 3, 17 says, in whatever you do, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever you're doing right now is God's purpose for your life as long as you're doing it God's way. I don't think God's gonna give you this enormous purpose in your future if you're lazy and unholy today if you're not aiming, if you're not striving to be near God today, like I just don't know that you expect this glorious sanctified life later. Like it's progressive. Like listen, let me make sure I'm really clear. Salvation, you did nothing for. If you're saved here today, he did that. You did nothing. You did not, I, I raised, that. No, you did nothing. He did it all on the cross, the work was done. But if we're gonna grow, sanctification, man, there's some grace-driven effort that we have to have. You're not gonna wake up in a year and just be holy. You gotta put in some work. Like you you wanna be near God, I gotta put in work to do that. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the problem is we all want that burning bush, right? That's how I want God to speak to me. I'd like to walk out on my doorstep every day, shrubs just on fire, Lord talking to me. That's what I want, right? I wanna know exactly what he's saying. You know what I'm talking about in Exodus when Moses... This is now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law. That's important. What's Moses doing? He's keeping that, he's watching sheep. That's what he's doing at this time. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of the Midian. And he led his flock to the west of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush. Incredible. He looked and behold, the bush was burning yet it was not consumed. Wouldn't that make life easy? God just speak to us in a burning bush all the time. I think it's, I think it's important to realize that first line said, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law. He wasn't around just looking for burning bushes. Like he was out in the we wilderness, like, where's the burning bushes? Like he's not doing that. He's just doing what he's doing in the now, in the now, what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm tending these sheep. I think we have too many people looking for the burning bush. God says, when you tend your sheep, the bush will burn when it's time for you and you can actually experience the burning bush. I just don't think you're going to have a burning bush tomorrow if you're not tending the sheep today. If you're not responsible with God's given you today, it seems arrogant to expect a burning bush tomorrow. Your purpose is where God has you. Now watch how this plays out. I love this. and And I'll land this thing here. Acts chapter three. This incredible testimony of how I think this should play out for you and I. So it says this. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried who they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask for alms, food, anything, money. He just want, He's a beggar of those entering the temple. So understand, so these other people, not Peter and John, somebody else, says, bring this man daily. They do it all the time. They drop him off and say, all right, you can beg the rest of the day. Okay, that's what's going on here. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple he asked them to receive alms. Can I have some money? Can I have some food? And Peter directed his gaze at him and as did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he raised him up and immediately His feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood up and began to walk. He entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. He always sat there. So they knew who this was. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. They're on the way to their temple. It just seems to me Peter and John had passed him before. It's said that they set him there every single day. Why is today different? It appears, I don't know, I'm reading, maybe I'm reading a little too far in this. It appears that's the first day they stopped. They stopped to talk to him. I think we can only assume it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit. They said, stop today, stop today. He's begged every day, you stop today, listen to the Holy Spirit. They were self aware. They said, I, I don't have any money, I don't have gold, I don't have silver. But here's what we do have. They embraced the moment. They they weren't worried about, God, what are you gonna do in 10 years? They embraced the very moment that God had them in. It appears they were on their way to do something else. Listen, they had plans. We're not the first generation who's busy. They had plans. They were busy. They were on their way to do something else, but they embraced that day where God had them that day. And they met a need exactly where they were. I think finding your purpose isn't really as hard as we make it be. Usually it's just opening your eyes to the needs that God put in front of you for you to meet even that day. It's paying attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The truth is he's speaking. Are we listening? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, we love your voice. God, and we do thank you that you're not a God who just sits idle and doesn't speak to your people. We don't come to you for salvation and we talk again later. God, you are are constantly there. And when I understand the Bible says you never leave us, forsake us, it's even in this, even in conversation, you never leave us, God. And so God, is as strange as even feels to pray, because I know you do, we just need it. God, speak to us. Speak to us, God. Speak to us, God. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive, God. What is it that you have for us? What specific purpose do you have for us? How can I take? How can I take my, my talents, my resource, whatever that is, the way you've wired me, my personality. How can you use that? God, I want to use it for your kingdom. It's your head bowed in your eyes, so let me ask you a couple questions. One, maybe you would say, I'm a believer in Jesus. I love, I love Jesus. But you just feel like you just need to hear from the Lord today. Like you feel at a bit of a crossroad maybe in your life. Maybe it's that, or, or maybe you just don't know. You just don't feel a sense of purpose. Currently in your life, you felt that before. You understand His purpose as you being His child, but you just need a fresh breath of air. You just need a fresh voice of God today. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand. I just need to hear him. Yeah, yeah. Hands all over the room. I need to hear from you today. Father God, speak. Your children are listening. God, would you speak? God, would you make it so clear? And for some of us, God, can we request you would speak loudly? <laughs> we need to hear God. We need to move. God, I want to be a, I want to be what we call a good child and obey. I don't want to argue. God, I want to do what you ask us to do, God. Maybe you would say this with your head bowed and your eyes closed. You would say, if I'm being real honest, I don't have really purpose in my life at all. I haven't discovered kind of my purpose at all. Well, I hope you understand how the, the gospel unfolds is that he he came and he died. And your purpose is that he would adopt you as his son or daughter. And then, th- then all the rest of this stuff happens. Then he begins to, to gift you spiritually, give you these gifts that you begin then to give back to his church. And it's just a beautiful picture, but it starts with a relationship with him. So maybe you've played this church thing for a while, but you, you don't know him. Like, if you're honest, you wouldn't say he's Savior. He's not Lord. But today's different, man. He's stirring your heart in a way that you, man, I want to commit my life to him. That's you today. I just want you to slip up your hand. And today's my day. I, I, want to, I want to confess my sins. I want, to, I, want to, I want to follow Jesus today if that's you. I want us all as a family to pray this prayer like this. Pray this way. Father God, thank you for saving me. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. Give me purpose. Give me purpose. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.